Today, I want to speak to you on supernatural reversal. Supernatural reversal. There's nothing God cannot reverse. God can turn things around in your favor. That amen is very weak. Okay, go with me to the book of Mark chapter number five. I think I'm teaching today. Mark chapter number five. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. The Bible says the entrance of thy word bringeth light and understanding to the simple. Lord, we approach your word reverently. We ask in the name of Jesus that it will bear much fruit in each life today. Lord, like we prayed when we started, we ask that not one person will leave this place like they came. May your word be sown in the life of each person. And I pray, Lord, that it will bring about a total transformation, a reversal of things. That the supernatural will be unleashed in each life, in each family, in each business, in each home today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone shout, Amen. Amen. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles. The Gospel of Mark, chapter number 5. And we're going to read from verse number 21. If you find it, say amen. amen. If you haven't found it, say wait for me. Okay, we're going to wait for you. If you would not respond, no matter what I say, say amen. <laughs> no, because that's the case with some people. They don't respond. No matter what you say, they've made up their minds, they're not going to respond. So if you will not respond, no matter what I say, say amen. Okay, if you found it, say amen. Good. Awesome. Let's look at verse number 21. It says, And when Jesus was passed over again by sheep unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, uh, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lied at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, I want to say twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians or doctors, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she heard, I want to say she heard. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, I want to say she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? 
And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging, thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. The story that we have just read. In actual fact, you will see that there are two things that are unfolding right before us. But I want to focus on the one that we've spent most of our time with today. That is a story of the woman with the issue of blood. And there are several things that I want to show you today. And if you'd want to take notes, you can. The first thing that I want to show you in this story is she heard. I want to say she heard. The Bible shows us right here that when she had heard, so the woman heard. This is very important when it comes to seeing God move in your life. Because the Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing. How does faith come? By hearing. So you've got to be hearing if you want your faith to work. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, the Bible says, For without faith, it is impossible to please God. So the only way to please God is by faith. No faith, God is not pleased. God is only pleased by faith. So for us to understand what pleases God is important. It is not the emotional whatever you feel that pleases God. What impresses God is faith. What will cause God to move in your life is faith. Without faith, it is impossible. That one's impossible. When the Bible says it's impossible, it's impossible. There's nothing anyone can do about this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you are going to see God move in your life, you've got to operate in faith. And the Bible tells us how to get faith. Faith cometh. That one says, faith cometh. Or faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. You've got to hear, but you've got to keep hearing. A lot of times, you know, we come up to preach the word. And when we tell people to open a passage of the Bible where they have read or heard us preach from before, they immediately switch off. Notice the Bible does not say faith comes because you heard. It says faith cometh because you are hearing. They say repetition brings revelation. In actual fact, they say that the average man needs to hear a thing 11 times before he understands it. So when we keep repeating what we preach, guess what happens? That is when faith is birthed in the heart of the listener. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Paul said, I have sown, Apollos have watered. But God brings the increase. 
I have sown, Apollos have watered. What does it mean to water? To water basically is to do the same thing over and over again. It's just like putting a seed in the ground. You water that seed continuously before you begin to see germination. Is that correct? So you've got to understand that to water means to use the same word over and over and over and over again. Because the more you hear it, the more faith builds. Why does it say in Psalm number 1? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor seats in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. I want to say his delight. The word of God is my delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. I want to say day and night. Notice it says that you meditate in his word day and night. I believe day and night refers to consistency. Day and night refers to what? Consistency. In his word, does he meditate day and night? Watch the result of meditating in God's word day and night. It says he shall be like a tree. Because he meditates in God's word day and night... He shall be like a tree. You, you're not getting it today? Are you getting what I'm saying? Because he meditates on the word consistently. He, the one who meditates on the word of God consistently, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Which bringeth forth. It is time for your life to bring forth. Which bringeth forth its fruit in its season, and its leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Can you see that? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When Moses died, Joshua went to the Lord and the Lord said to him in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate. You think on it, you ponder on it, you, you give attention to it. Uh, this word, it's important to bring you victory because the only thing that brings you victory is faith. Thou shalt meditate on it day and night. It says in Psalm 1. God also says in Joshua 1 8. Thou shalt meditate on it day and night. That thou mayest observe. To do according to what is written therein. Then. Watch this. Watch, watch what the result will be. Then you shall make your way prosperous. And you shall have good success. Does anyone here want to have good success? Oh, I think, I think you're already turning off on me already because some of, you, some of you are not here this morning. I don't know what you did yesterday. Some of you look very tired right now. No, I'm teaching you the way to victory. There are things, oh, you want me to shout and speed and flip over before you get the message? You've got to open up your heart and receive the word. Come on now, say amen. I'm, I'm, here, to give you, I'm here to give you handle to have victory in your life. The woman heard. She heard that Jesus was coming through town. And that is good news. What we preach is good news. 
What we preach is not doom and gloom. What we preach is good news. Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The God spell of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation, unto freedom, unto deliverance, unto emancipation. The gospel. I'm not ashamed of it because it is the power of God unto salvation to all them that what? Oh, you see, you've got to believe before you can see the power and the gospel. Come on now, somebody shout amen. amen. So the first thing we see with this woman is that she heard. So what you hear will determine the outcome. Write that down. What you hear will determine the outcome. In actual fact, what you keep hearing will determine the outcome of your life. That is why it is important to surround yourself with the truth. God does not confirm popular opinions. God does not confirm theories. God does not confirm human philosophies. God confirms his word. The Bible says and the Lord was Working with them, confirming his word, not confirming their opinion, not confirming theories. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he said, I came unto you, but I was in weakness. My preaching and my message were not in the persuasive words of man's wisdom, but they were in the demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith is not in the philosophies on the wisdom of men, but your faith is in the power of God. Amen. I came amongst you and I chose to know nothing but Christ crucified. Come on now, say amen. amen. It is not the philosophies of men that God confirms. It is not the theories of men that God confirms. It is not the opinions of men that God confirms. God confirms one thing and it is his word. And when you build your life upon the word of God, you can take it to the bank. God will confirm it seven days of the week. God will confirm it on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday. Every single day as you stand upon the truth of the word of God, you're going to see the hand of God come through in your life. I don't care what the devil throws at you. When you stand upon the truth, you will see God come through for you. Because God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, will he not do it? Has he spoken it, will he not make it good? Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. So God will confirm his word. Tell somebody God confirms his word. God does not confirm what your culture says. God does not confirm what your school says. God does not confirm what your boss says. God confirms his word. And when you build your life around the word and upon the word, the word of God is the foundation of your life. And guess what? Every time you say God, it is written in your word. God is going to come through for you because that is what God will confirm every single day. Can somebody shout a big hallelujah? To build your life on the truth. 
the woman heard and so what you keep hearing will affect the outcome of your life. What you keep hearing will affect what you're dealing with right now. Somebody say, Pastor Godwell, you don't know what the devil has done. I'm here to tell you what God has done. God has done much more than what the devil can ever imagine. And what God has done will bring you the victory that you need. No matter what the enemy has thrown at you, at you if you stand upon the word of God, God's word is going to give you the victory. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. In Psalm 119 verse 105, the Bible says, Thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Thy word is a light. Come on now, say amen. amen. Do you want your way lighted up? Then build your life upon the word of God. You've got to hear. That's what I'm saying to you. The woman heard. What you hear is important because what you hear will light up your life. What you hear will light up your way. What you hear will light up your path. Thy word is a light. It's a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Come on now, say amen. amen. What you hear matters. Tell somebody what you hear matters. I want to say this to you, when you are believing for a major miracle, you can't afford to have doubters and naysayers around you. Don't you ever forget that, because they will kill your faith. There are situations that you face, or miracles that you're believing for, that you shouldn't tell to everybody. Because they come up with their own opinion, and they tell you, are you sure? Now, the moment they start asking you that question, you know they are not in faith. Is it possible? Has anyone ever done it in your family? You, you don't want to share some important things with some people. Come on now, I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. Keep these things to yourself. Between you and God. Some people talk too much. The Bible says, be, be quick to hear, but be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. You, you're talking too much. Your mouth is getting you into trouble. Because the people you're talking to are not in faith. Come on now, I'm preaching good. You've got to find men and women that believe in the Lord and people that are in faith. The fact they come to church doesn't mean they have faith. The fact they shout hallelujah don't mean they have faith. There are things they don't have faith for. So they have no business hearing about it. That is the reason why when Jesus got to the house of Jairus. And he was about to raise the girl back to life. Do you, know, you know what he did? He sent everyone out. Even Jesus knew that naysayers will stop him. Come on, I'm preaching good. Amen. Even Jesus knew that doubters will stop the miracle from happening. He was about to do something that could not be done by medical science. He was about to call this girl back to life. The girl was dead. When he got to the house, he saw all these people crying. And he said, leave. The girl is not dead. She's sleeping. And watch this. The moment they heard what Jesus said... People that were crying began to mock him. You can see where their fate was. In actual fact, you can see the doubting them. 
So Jesus had to send them out. I wonder if Jesus wants to perform a miracle today, will you be the one that he sends out? No, because there are cases where Jesus had to send people out because what he was about to do would be stopped by these people. So if Jesus had this practice, then we must be very sensitive whenever we're dealing with anything that's major. Are you listening to me? Don't get everybody involved. Because not everybody can believe. I come to the prayer meeting on Thursdays and I lead, I lead the prayer meeting. And there has been times that I rebuke the people because they did not seem to be praying. You tell me you're praying. The Bible says the effectual, fervent, heartfelt prayer of the righteous man availeth much. In the Amplified Classic, it says it makes tremendous power available, dynamic in his working. Amen. And you tell me you're praying with me and you're, you're sticking your hand into your nose and you're, you're doing this and you're on your phone. No, you're not praying. Just look at your phone. In actual fact... I've told people, don't come. I don't want you here. If you're not going to pray, don't come to the prayer service. Because we're not here to hang out and drink tea and coffee. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you're going to come and pray, you've got to understand this is spiritual warfare. Come on now, say amen. We are are snatching people's destinies out of the hands of the devil. We're snatching people's health out of the hands of the enemy. Come on now, say amen. Amen. And the Bible says, if you want to go into the house of a strong man and take what belongs to him, you've got to be stronger than he is. Or else he's going to eat you for breakfast. Some people will talk you into doubt. Because they don't have faith. Is it possible? Can it be done? Are you sure? I mean I'm sure if Faraja had asked some people. What they think concerning her situation. She had been told to leave the country. Correct? She had been told to leave the country. Some people would have told her. Leave, leave sister. Sister, this. Sister, are you. Hey sister. Don't you have common sense? See, see, people think they are smart. And they pull this common sense card on it. Don't you have common sense? Common sense and faith don't work together. You have faith or you don't. And if you don't have faith, then use your common sense. But don't expect God to come through because God don't come through when it comes to common sense. God only comes through when it's faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Come on, sense, don't please God. Come on, sense, give me a break. Come on, sense. Some people who talk about common sense don't even have enough of it. Come on, sense. No, you don't deal, when you deal with God, it's purely faith. 100%, A to Z is faith. No common sense with God. So if you had asked some people, they probably would have told you, sister, use your brain. Use your common sense. Get back on the next flight and fly back to your country and go apply for a visa and come back to Turkey and lose a year of your academics. 
But this woman said, no, I'm going to stand in faith and I'm going to believe the word of God. Pastor came and he talked about how he got his citizenship. And I talked about before my citizenship was released, I applied for three years, which I had never done. For residence permit, I applied for three years, which I had never done since I came to Turkey. And I was sitting there as you were testifying. I just felt that there was grace released upon you as you connected with that miracle, with that word. God also gave you three years. You applied for one year, but they gave you three years. Are you seeing what I'm saying? You applied for one year, but they gave you three years. Because she stepped in to that word by faith and she grabbed the hold of the word of the living God. That is why it is important who you are listening to. It's important who is preaching to you. It's important the kind of food you are eating. If you eat the wrong kind of food, guess what? You are not going to be healthy. Can't be eating junk food and expect to be healthy. If you keep eating junk food, all the stuff people eat, that's making them sick. And you come to God and say, Lord, heal my body. But you go back and you eat junk food. Guess what? You negate what you are asking God to do for you. Preaching good now, say amen. amen. Lord, I'm, I'm praying about this junk food. Bless it. Let it nourish my body in the name of Jesus. No, that is that stupidity. <laughs> That's, that's, not, that's not faith. And that's not wisdom. Come on now, say amen. So when I tell you it's important who you are listening to, I'll tell you it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of failure and victory. Come on now, it's a matter of defeat and success. Who you're listening to is important. Common sense, are you kidding me? What common sense? Belong. The cameraman right there, if you turn back, you will look at you see him. It's the guy standing behind the camera right there. When they just arrived, he also had issues with his residence permit. And he came to me, he said, Pastor, da da da, da and we prayed. And he wrote me, I think it was two weeks ago, it has been released. He was also told to go back. Is that correct? This is his mother here. Mama, lift your hand. He was also told to return back. But we believe God and he stood in faith and who you listen to is important. You listen to naysayers, people that think it's not possible. Guess what? It won't be possible. Because what they speak into your life will affect you. It will negate your faith. And I want to say to you, there is nothing God's word cannot do. If you can believe, you shall see the glory of God. All things are possible. Tell your neighbor all things are possible. Doesn't say some things. It says all things. What is all things? Let me tell you the Greek, the Greek word for all is all. Some of you didn't get that. The Greek meaning for all is all. It means all things. All things means all things. Come on now say amen. Whatever it is you're dealing with, it's part of all things. It's not exclusive. It's part of all things. It don't matter what the enemy has thrown at you. It does not matter what the kind of journey that you've embarked upon. The Bible says all things. All things means all things. And if you take this word at face value and you apply it in your life, you're going to see the word of God come through for you. Come on now, somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 55 from verse 10, it says, For the word of God is like the snow and the rain that cometh down from heaven and returneth not back again. But what has the earth? What does the word do? It what has the earth? What does the word do? It what has your life? 
Oh yeah. Say, the word is like snow and rain that cometh from heaven and returneth not back again, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The Bible says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I sent it and it will prosper in that which I please. So whatever the Lord has sent into your life, you take that word because that word is going to water your life. That word is going to cause your life to produce. That word is going to cause your life to be successful. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. And you see, this woman with the issue of blood, she heard. What did she hear? The healer is coming through town. What did she hear? The Messiah, the one who heals the sick, the one who raises the dead, the one who casts out devils, the one who feeds 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish, the one who does in, in, the impossible. There is nothing impossible with him. And so he is the one coming through town. The Bible says she heard it. Everyone says she heard it. Hear it today. Hear it today. Today is your own day for a miracle. Ah, oh, that amen is very weak. I said today. Today is your own day for a miracle. Come on, shout, shout hallelujah. Shout to the Lord a shout of victory. If you believe today, if you take that word and you believe today is your own day, then shout to the Lord a shout of victory, a shout of triumph. Come on, give the Lord praise in the house this afternoon. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yay, I'm getting happy already. The second thing I want to show you in the story is she got up. Everyone say she got up. It is time to get up and dust yourself up. It is time to get up from where circumstances have kept you. It is time to say enough is enough. I won't be like this anymore. You see, the woman did not just hear. The woman got up. Some of you have been put in situations that you shouldn't be in. God did not put you there. The devil did. God did not put you there. The bad choices you made did. But it's time to stop blaming yourself. It is time to stop whining. It is time to stop complaining. It is time to dust up yourself and say, I'll never be the same again. This is my day for a change. This is my day for a transformation. This is my day for a miracle. This is my day to step into the purpose of God for my life. I don't care what the devil has done. Maybe I've made some mistakes, but I don't give a rip. I am here today and the fact that I'm alive, it means that God has got something good for me. And it will be better. From today, I decide to get up, dust myself up and run with the purpose of God for my life. This is my year to run with blessings. This year, I'm not going to run helter-skelter. I will run with blessings. This is my year to do big things. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Dust yourself up. Enough of whining, enough of complaining, enough of licking your wounds. It has happened. Wake up. Get up. Smell the coffee. Come on. Move on. Tell your neighbor, move on. Stop whining. Stop complaining. Come on. Come on. It's time to wake up. It's time to do that which needs to be done to see a reversal of things. Things are going to turn around in your favor. It's time to stop telling everyone who cares to hear how terrible the devil has done in your life. Some of you just keep talking about what the devil has done. It's time to start talking about what God has done. It's time to start talking about what God, what God has laid. The Bible says how great is the goodness that God has laid up for them that love him. Come on now somebody shout hallelujah. 
God has laid up amazing things for your life. Dust yourself up and get up from the ashes. Dust yourself up and get up from the dirt floor. Dust yourself up and get up and say, I'm about to go into the fullness of the purpose of God for my life. I, I, I will never be the same again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know who I'm preaching to this afternoon, but I'm here to tell you it's time for you to step into the purpose and the plan of God for your life. All that the devil has done, it's over. Tell somebody it's over. It, it, it's over. It was yesterday, but today is a new day. And my Bible, my Bible says now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is not yesterday. Yesterday has come and gone. Faith is now. And if you believe now, you're going to see God's power now. You're going to see God's grace now. You're going to see God's goodness now. You're going to see God's wisdom now. Come on now, tell somebody. Now, 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 now. It is now, it is now. Yay, hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. She got up. Tell somebody she got up. Number three. She went. Oh my goodness, it's time for somebody. Write this down. Give feet to your faith. Give feet to your faith. Give feet. Write it down. Put it on Instagram. Give feet. Give feet to your faith. She heard. She got up. And she went. Tell somebody she went. You've got to go. It's time to give feet to your faith. The Bible says faith without corresponding action is dead. The Bible says show me your faith and I'll show you my faith by my works. It's time to go. Tell somebody it's time to go. She gave feet to her faith. If you believe, you will step out in faith. Come on now, say amen. amen. You see, when the disciples were in the boat, Peter was there with them. Peter could have sat in the boat when Jesus came walking on the water. But Peter said, is it you, Lord? And Jesus said, yes, it is I. And Peter said, if it is you, then bid me to come to you on the waters. And Jesus said to him, come. I want you to understand that there was a possibility that could not have been Jesus. Probably it was a ghost that appeared unto them and just wanted to take Peter out. But I'm here to tell you that Peter knew it was the Lord. Why? Because when the word of the Lord comes to you, it is like thunder. When the word of the Lord comes to you, it shakes the whole core of your being. You will know this is God speaking. So when Jesus said, come, Peter could stand the boat in fear. But Peter decided to step out of the boat and began to walk on the water of the supernatural. I'm here to tell you, it is time for you to step out of your comfort zone. It is time for you to step out of that place where you've been for the last five years and step into the waters of the supernatural. And I'm here to announce to somebody, when you step out of the boat, you are not going to sink. When you step out of the boat, God's going to meet you supernaturally. And God is going to cause you to walk on the waters. And people are going to look at you. They'll be amazed. And to see the success and the victories that you will have. Why? Because you're walking on the waters of the supernatural. It is not going to be just you. It will be you and the Lord walking together. And you're going to see the goodness and the glory and the power of God in your life. And people will look at you and they'll be amazed are the things that God shall do and God shall accomplish not just in your life but through your life your family will never be the same again your business will never be the same again your health will never be the same again your marriage will never be the same again everything you put
put your hands upon to do, you will see the goodness of God. Why? Because God is the one working with you. As you step out in faith, you step onto the supernatural and you see the hand of God upon your life. If you believe what I'm telling you today, then lift those hands together and clap them for Jesus and give Him praise and give Him glory for what He is doing in this place in your life today. Come on, shout to the Lord a shout of victory. Hallelujah. When you step out in faith on the word of God, God will not let you fail. He won't. I said God will not let you fail. Number four. She said. Tell somebody she said. What did she say? She said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. What you say will determine the outcome. When that unpleasant news is told to you, the first thing you say will determine the outcome. Yes. You've heard the story, Irene, get up. That's my daughter. She's going to be, get up, get up, get up, get up. She's going to be, get up, stand up, stay up, stand up. She's, she was going to be 18 in September. And when she was, my wife was pregnant with her. You've heard the story many times. You can sit down. Man, many of you have not heard the story, but when my wife was pregnant with her, and, 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 and there was something that happened. I'm not going, going into details, but uh, Something happened and, and, and someone threw something at my wife and on her tummy and she was in so much pain. And we went to the doctor and the doctor said to, to her, you need to get uh, about the baby because if you give birth to her, she will suffer from Down syndrome. So the doctor said, don't give birth to this child. About this baby. So my wife said to the doctor, no, I will have my baby. The first thing you say when that bad unpleasant news comes will determine the outcome. Amen. Can I tell you this morning, nobody has the right to determine your life. Yes. You determine the course of your life by the words you speak. Amen. The devil does not have the right. No man has the right. You have the, right. You have the sole responsibility yes. to chart the course of your life. Whatever you want to see, begin to declare it. The Bible said death and life are in the power of the tongue. There is so much power in your tongue, you, you don't realize it. And I'm not here to preach positive confession. I'm talking about the dominion of the kingdom of God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue of a believer. When you begin to speak the word and begin to speak that which God has said over your life, you will see it change your life. All this nonsense with this one put a curse on me. Nobody can put a curse on you. Balaam tried. When he opened his mouth to put a curse upon the people of God. The Bible tells us he kept speaking blessing. He couldn't curse them. And Balak said, why have you blessed them these seven times? I told you to curse them. But you blessed them. He said, I can't curse them because the shout of the king is amongst them. Oh my goodness, I don't know who I'm preaching to. He said, the shout, listen, the, the shout of the king, Jesus Christ at the time in prophecy, was already in the midst of the people of God. So when Balaam tried to put a curse on them, how can you curse the men that God has blessed? How can you curse the camp of the Lord? 
Give me a break. God said to Abraham, I will bless them that bless you. And I will curse them that curse you. In other words, if they release it, it will go back to them. It's going to boomerang. It will go back to their family. It will go back upon them. It will go back upon their purpose. The dig that they, uh, the, the ditch they dig, they're going to fall into it. You dig your ditch, you fall into it. Not me. Not you. Oh my goodness, I don't know who I'm preaching to. I said not you. They, if, they, if they dig, if they dig, they fall into the well they dig. You're not going to fall into that well. Are you listening to me? Nobody has the right to determine the course of your life. You have the sole responsibility. She said. What did she do? She said, if I touch, I'll be made whole. It's time for you to say, come on now, say amen. amen. People sit around and the devil bombards them with all kinds of negativity. And there they are sing, sitting and pondering on what the devil is saying. Don't let the devil speak to you again. Tell him to shut up and go to hell. What you say will determine the outcome. So we go back. My wife says to the doctor, no, I'm not going to get rid of my baby. I'll give birth to her. She comes out of the doctor's office. Me and my wife, Pastor Corey, we held our hands on the street and we prayed. And the verdict of the doctor was reversed. Because God is the one who reverses the verdict of the professionals. Because he is the physician of physicians. Come on now, say amen. I, I don't know. I don't care what the financial experts say. I care what the, 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 uh, the one, uh -huh. Jehovah Jireh. Come on now, say amen. The one, who so, the one who supplieth all your needs according to his riches and glory. Not according to the economy of Turkey. But according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The one who is able to make all grace. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. Will always have an abundance for every good work. The Lord is your shepherd. And you shall not want. Does not say your boss is. Does not say your patron is. It does not say, it does not say the government is. It says the Lord is your shepherd. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he reversed it. We prayed and there was a reversal. We go to another hospital. My wife gets checked out. The doctor looked at the baby and said, your baby is fine. Some of you are jealous. <laughs> when I tell a testimony, you need to rejoice and show. show yeah, rejoice and clap your hands to the Lord. To... To say, Lord, I'm grateful for what you did, you did for Pastor Godwill and his wife and their daughter. Uh, because, you see, when you get excited, when you hear someone's testimony, you are next in line. But some people just look like they're sucking on lemon. They look like they're drinking vinegar, wearing a long face. Lord, why them all the time? Why not me? If you have that attitude, it will never be you. When Faraja gave a testimony, you should be jumping around and 
back backflipping and somersaulting and getting happy and excited you don't sit there and start thinking god i don't have my own residency what is up with me that's not the time to think what's up with you what's wrong with you that's the time to rejoice because god is able to turn your own situation around oh my goodness i said god's able to turn your own yeah god's able yeah yeah now you're getting the you're getting the drift god's able to turn your own things around hallelujah So we go to the hospital, we get a clean report, and the rest is history. The rest is history. There's a woman in our Turkish congregation. She also brought her baby to me. Actually, she brought her, herself to me when she was pregnant. And she came to the service and she said, the doctor said to get rid of her baby. And I laid my hands on her, prayed, and the baby is, how old is the baby now? Two, three years old. And the baby is fine. Very, very fine. Now, we're not against doctors. We're not against medical science. We do respect to medical science. Because they help us. They do help us. So if you're training to be a doctor, bravo. No, doctors help us. Good ones, though. Um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong in being a doctor. Just be a good one. Be one that gives life and support. Don't be one that's greedy for money. Let's not even talk about the corruption that takes place in the medical field. Let's not bother too much about that. That's not my message today. But be a good doctor. Who wants to be a doctor? I, I had a meeting with, this, with African students on Friday. And some, a couple of you said you are training to be doctors. Where are those training to be doctors? Medical doctors, not, not having a doctorate uh, degree in, in other fields, but medical doctors. Where are they? They're not here today. But anyways, it's good to be a doctor. Good one. Amen. You're getting a PhD, but not a medical doctor. Good. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So we get a good report, and here is the girl. She'll be 18 in September. To the glory of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number five. Everyone said number five. She fought to fight. This woman with the issue of blood fought. She had to fight off and push through the obstacles in her way. See, she, she heard... She dusted herself up. She got up and she went and she said, but she also had to fight. Do you know this woman was ostracized? When you, people were in that condition, of course, if you study the Old Testament, a woman in that condition was not allowed to mingle with people. Constant flow for 12 years. So she had to separate herself from everyone else. Just imagine all the stuff she had to deal with. The Bible says that she spent all that she had. And did not get better. Rather, she grew worse. Imagine the emotional pain she was going through. She had to fight through that. 
Imagine the rejection. To be ostracized means you rejected. You need to be on your own. Imagine what she was dealing with. She had to fight through all of that. She couldn't mingle with people. She was known as an unclean woman. But she had to take a risk. I won't say a risk. She had to put her life on the line. Because you see, if they saw her on the street mingling with clean people, they were going to stone her to death. She fought. she fought. She had to take a risk. Put her life on the line. But I want to say this to you. Don't forget this. Write this down. When bondage becomes too expensive, you will do whatever it takes to get freedom. Some problems are too expensive. Go for freedom. She was physically drained, losing blood for 12 years, which made her weak and frail. But you know, she could sit there and die in self-pity. She could sit there and die in poverty. She could sit there and die in rejection. She could sit there and die in depression. No, no, she said, no, I'm, I'm going to get up. I'm going to take my destiny in my own hands. You know, a lot of times people think it's all up to God. No, it's not. This is one angle that a lot of people don't touch. It is not all up to God. There are things that we do to align ourselves with God's purpose and plan. She took this risk. That could cost her her life. But she had to do this. Because she was fighting for her own destiny. Jesus at this time you know was a superstar. Because when you started a life. Uh, and three years. Three and a half years of Jesus' earthly ministry. You discover that Jesus had three stages. I want to say three stages. Stage number one. The year of obscurity. I want to say obscurity. When he was not known, when he was not popular. You know, Jesus was at that stage. Second stage, the stage of popularity. When the Bible says the people came from all over the place, villages and towns, and they brought people on stretchers, and they brought people all over the place. That is why in the case of feeding the 5,000 with five loaves of two and two fish, the Bible says it was 5,000 men apart from women and children. That's like a stadium full. When you add the women and the children, you know that Jesus was preaching to, I believe, at least fifteen to 20,000 people. Are you listening to me? And then the final stage was the stage where he finished out his ministry and went all the way to the cross. But right here and right now, Jesus was in the stage of popularity when people were streaming to him and people were coming from all over the place. And as Jesus was on his way to the house of Jairus and all these people were coming with him apart from the disciples, all these people were coming and they're bumping into Jesus. And, and here comes this woman fighting through that crowd. She knew if I get caught, I'll be stoned to death. But let me take the risk. There are, there are things you will not see in your life until you take a risk. Uh, there are victories you will not see until you take a risk. And can I tell you that faith is risky? <laughs> faith is risky. Faith, it, <laughs> faith is a risky business. 
You think Peter stepping out of the boat was comfortable? Have you heard the story of the man who was falling from a mountain and, and he managed to grab a hold of a branch of a tree that was sticking out of the mountain? And when he grabbed a hold of the tree and he was like this, and he began to pray. Remember that God can deliver him. So he began to pray, Lord, help me. The voice of the Lord came to him. And the Lord said to him, let go of the branch. <laughs> you laugh. The Lord said, let go of the branch. And the man said, someone else help. That's why they say it's easier said than done. Someone else, help me. No, the Lord said, let go and I'll catch you. Let go and I'll catch you. Let go. Let, you, you, do you trust me? Do you, uh, do you trust me? Do, do you trust me? Step out of the boat. Do you trust me? Let go of the branch. Do you trust me? Do you trust that I will catch you? Do you trust that I will not fail you? Do you trust me? Take that step. I know it's big. You've never done it. Nobody in your family have ever done it. Take that step. What if I fail? My question to you is, what if you succeed? What if it does not work? My question to you is, what if it works? God will watch over his word to perform it. Let go of the branch. No, somebody else, come and help me. And that is the situation with so many because they, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. What do you think it says? That because it is possible not to. If it says to trust him with all your heart, it means it is possible not to trust him with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord, but war is the man that puts his trust in the arm of the flesh. Are you seeing that? So when we talk about faith, you've got to understand that there is a level of risk. To the flesh, it's risky. But you'll not fail. I say you're not going to fail. I say you're not going to fail. So this woman was taking a risk. She had faith, but she was taking a risk. Because if she gets caught. But guess what? God protected her all the way. When you walk in the purpose of God, God assures you divine immunity. Uh, I say God assures you divine immunity. In Psalm 91, he says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. A refuge is a place of hiding. Come on now, say amen. A refuge is a house. Come on now, say amen. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I trust. He will deliver me from the snail, the fowl, and from the noisome pestilence. Come on now, say amen. amen. And, and the more you read, it gets to the place where it says He will give His angels. Oh my goodness, I, I like the Amplified Version. It is rendered such beautifully in the Amplified Version. It says he will give his angel a special charge over thee in all your ways of service and obedience. Notice in all your ways of obedience and service, it is when you are in the will of God, God guarantees you divine immunity. 
Hallelujah. The, the, the scripture you were just quoting, Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, I want to say these signs, shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Watch that. Watch the next thing. And they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up snakes. That is immunity. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Luke 9, uh, 10, 19, Behold, I give you authority to tread upon snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the devil, and none of them shall by any means hurt you. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, And he gave them power against all unclean spirits, that they might cast them out. Can you say amen? amen. And, and so immunity when you are in the will of God. So this woman, as she was in the will of God in faith, she had divine protection, divine immunity. Nobody could see her and stone her to death until she did the last thing. Watch the last thing she did. No, no, no. The sixth. Did I just talk about the five? The fifth. Yeah. Now the sixth, she reached out. Everyone says she reached out. She, she reached out. You see, you have to take it. Being in the service does not guarantee anything. It's only those who take it that will enjoy the benefit. Oh my goodness. That's number six. Number seven. She reached out and watch what happened. The anointing met her. That's number seven. The anointing met her need. The Bible says virtue flowed out of Jesus. The word their virtue is the same for dynamite. That's where we, in actual fact, that's dunamis, where we get the English word dynamite. Uh, dunamis flowed out of her. That's the Greek word. Virtue, power, dunamis. This is God's power that's concentrated in a place. It's like that stick of dynamite. When you look at it, it looks like a stick. But when you light fire to the thing, it explodes. Uh, and so this dunamis power, <laughs> it's the same thing that Jesus talked about. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. You shall receive dunamis. Come on now, say amen. amen. This dynamite power that was in Jesus, that was there all the while. Others were touching, but it wasn't flowing. But when this woman came and touched, her touch was different. Her touch was not out of curiosity. Her touch was a touch of faith. And only faith can pull on this dynamite power. And so when she came and touched in faith, the Bible says virtue flowed out of Jesus. And Jesus said, who touched me? Well, Jesus, don't you see everyone is touching you? This guy touched you. People touch you to go back and tell their family members, I touched Jesus. But this woman came and touched him, not to go back and tell any story, but to receive this dynamite virtue power that was in Jesus, residing in Jesus. And this power flowed out of Jesus and flowed into her. And notice what happened. The Bible says Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? Which means Jesus knew that something flowed out of him. Yes. Yes. Power of God is tangible. Yeah. Tell someone the power of God is tangible. You see, do some people say, power of God is here. Power of God is not there. If the power of God is there, you wouldn't be taking pictures. <laughs> no, I see. People go to church. Oh, the glory of God is here. No, if the glory of God came to the church, you wouldn't be using your phones. Now, I want to capture the glory. 
<laughs> you know what it means to have the, the word glory in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word kavod, which means heavy. And when the glory in the temple of Solomon, the Bible tells us that when the temple of Solomon was dedicated, that the glory of God fell in the temple that the priests could not function. Glory, glory is here. No glory there. When the glory comes, man gives way. Flesh gives way. Praise the Lord. But it's tangible. You, you can, you can this, this dunamis flowing out of Jesus could be felt. I've laid hands on many people. I could literally feel the power of God flowing out of me. And with some people, it would have been better I laid my hands on the refrigerator. Because <laughs> you, 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 at least when you put your hands on the refrigerator, you can feel the vibration. At least. You, you lay hands on some people, it's <laughs> the, the, the power, the, 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 this dynamic power flows out of you, knocks them in the head and flows back to you. You know, in actual fact, let me just lay hands on the wall here because I'll, I will f at least I'll feel, I'll feel something. No, I've had situations here. Remember many years ago, ministering to our French congregation. I lined people up here. I preached on, I believe I preached on the power of God, whatever I preached on. Laid hands on people. Some were getting blessed, falling out on the power, getting smacked. And some were standing there like a statue. And I laid hands. Next. Nothing was happening. I could tell nothing was happening. Because this, this virtue, this power can be felt when it leaves you. Jesus felt. Jesus said, power has just gone out of me. Because this virtue is, trans, is transferable. There is a transference of this power. Of this virtue. So I, I asked my translator, I said, what's going on? He said to me, Pastor, some of these guys were taught back in their country that if they fall out under the power of God, it means they have a demon. So because they don't want to fall out and then people say they have a devil, for that reason, they had a preconceived idea before they came up to the front for you to pray for them. So they already made up their minds, if Pastor pray for me, I'm not falling. <laughs> now, if you have a preconceived idea... That, that means God cannot do anything because you already walked out the way for God to do it. But God don't work in your way. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than your ways. And, your, and God's thoughts higher than yours. If they fall out, it means they have a demon. That's the wrong thing that they were taught. Okay. How do you brainwash people? That are being brainwashed with religion. You brainwash them again with the truth. So pastor, why do you use the, why do you use the word brainwash? Yes, that's what you do. You still brainwash them with the truth. You take God's word and you change that. You take God's word and you build faith in them. And so, I took the word. I began to teach on the word. But then I proposed a deal to them. I said, hey guys, just listen. Let's just you know, just use, your, use our heads. Is it not better if you fall down and the devil leaves you? You know, if you have a demon, just fall. Let the devil come out. <laughs> no, there you are standing like, like a statue and people don't want to receive. But anyway, I just showed them 
from the book of Genesis with the life of Adam and, and Abraham and, and Isaiah and all the way to the book of Revelation when John the Revelator said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he said when he saw the glorified Christ, he fell at his feet like a dead man. Isaiah said, my eyes were lifted and I saw the glory of God. And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the glory. What do you do when you experience God's power? This, this is heavy. This is glorious. That is why when we get to heaven, we will need a glorified body. Yes. You can't go to heaven with this body. 1 Corinthians 15 makes that very clear. There is, a, there, is a, there is a celestial glorified body that shall be given to us. So we can, because we cannot make it in heaven like this. If you go to heaven with this body, you will not make it. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be crawling on your fours the whole time. You will never get up to meet with Paul and Abraham and the rest of the saints that have gone ahead of us. You know, so, so we need a glorified body. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. The Bible says, if, if this earthly house of this tabernacle were destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Talking about our glorified body. Come on now, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. 